Welcome back to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I've got Frank the Tank on the horn with me. He has finally stopped working. Uh, Frank has been a busy man. I'll let him go into that later. But uh, we have a fan favorite back on the mic, uh, Harold Farenbrook. Thanks for coming back, Harold. Welcome. Uh, Harold has been a busy little beaver uh, down at the Department of Wildlife uh, asking a lot of questions. And uh, one of the the biggest things he's been going over is quite possibly probably the most controversial thing that's happened in the history of the Department of Wildlife is the uh, uh, dropping the price down to to $3 for an application fee, especially for, uh, you know, moose, sheep, and goat, and how much that's increased uh, applicants. It's up to... 300% 300% from what I understand on, on goat, couple of 200 and some percent on bighorn and uh, something like that on deserts as well. So what what uh, what did you what have you been investigating? What kind of answers have you been getting down there? Well, after coming up with these numbers, um, the some of the individuals involved with this have been very, very good to work with and, and kind of proven to me that how bad their hands are tied uh, through legislature and the the board. Um, and I'll give you the guy's name that was really been helping me out, um, is Corey Chick. He's, uh, he's kind of the guy that, uh, instituted and got going on the recycling tags. People turned in tags, they couldn't go and there were the high end tags. So why bury those when they're so sought after? So he did a phenomenal job getting those back on the market He's got a real uphill battle. Um, he's got to convince several different groups of people down there at the DOW, um, the commission, and even a, a people before that to get anything to go through. They are aware of this year, this happening. They saved a lot of money. It's cost them $3 million a year to, to process everybody's credit cards and then issue everybody their refunds. So that was this big coin. So they had to get around that, and this is how they went around it. Through legislature written years ago, they put the $3 thing on there. Whether it had been 20 years ago or whatever, I can't remember the date, but that's, so the first year they implemented it, they had to go what was written in legislature. From this point forward, now that they got it in, they can modify it. So basically through legislation, they said in 2018, the $3 application fee had to be uh, integrated. Yeah, that was the kickstart. That was that was integrated in, grandfathered in from the statute that was made way back, you know, whenever. So, but now it can be modified. Now that it's made the books and made print and and been activated, what they're going to do to activate it, I don't know. I mean, I have ideas uh, just from. I mean, I put in for six other states, and there's not a state that I put in for that don't require to buy a small game license to be eligible for uh, a preference point. It's total blackmail. You're not going to yeah. go to Arizona. <laughs> And hunt, squirrels. and hunt squirrels and cottontails for $165 a year. Um, but you have to have that to get a preference point. And every state is the same way. Utah, Arizona, Nevada, Montana, they're all the same way. Colorado isn't. Colorado, just, they're, they're saying they're starving for money, have to spend too much money. But they don't do a dang thing to make money. And they're quite a bit, right? It's, it's either a small game or it's just a hunting license. Yeah. is what they call it, just a hunting license. Yeah, Arizona is 165. They used to allow you to buy just the hunting license. Now they make you buy their combination, hunting, fishing. There's no option. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, so like in Arizona, I got $4,100 worth of preference points. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I hope my wife's not listening. Um, <laughs> and in Utah, there's a way to get around. You can buy a small game license every other year if you do the dates right. Um, but that still costs you $85 a year. Um, Montana, you said, I got a small game license. And for every species you put in for, it costs you $70 to get a preference point. 70 bucks. It costs you a $50 application fee and $20 extra for the preference point. So no matter what, how they want to word it, it's $70 per species. Right. So for, for starters, did they like the new system, the way it changed just now? You know, you said it had to change because of the legislature. Do they like it? From what you've talked to, did they like having it this way? They loved it. It cost them like uh, he said something like twenty-seven thousand dollars to uh, compared to three million, mm. because they there was no, not there was this it was just a, the the credit card fee, but no refunds. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to print millions of checks to re, 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 go back to people. This time they just process and it was no refunds, no whatever. So they are going to modify it. Um, there's always those penny pinchers out there. They're going to say, "Well, I'm not going to spend ten dollars for a preference point." It's it's uh, they're going to they're not going to make everybody happy. It's not going to be a popular subject, but they're going to have to do something 
because as it stands right now, with this going up 300%, 400%, it's going to dilute the system so bad that guys like us that have been putting in forever and got preference points, we won't hold a candle to 300%. It will be never diluted draw. out. Yeah. yeah, because everybody that has three points plus zero, it's going to be so, there's going to be four of them for every one of us. So they're going to get the majority of the tags. It's just they, they're going to have 80% of the tags. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to compete with those kind of numbers. So at least with the big four, is what I am present to, presenting to them the sheep, goat, moose, and desert sheep are need to be a separate entity. Deer, elk, and antelope, it is what it is. But and that and that'll never change. But the the big ones that to be loyal to your customers. I mean, as an example, I got your numbers right here, and any, and this is public information off their site. So for desert sheep residents, 2017 there were 1,526 people to put in. 2018 there was 2,787. That's up 83 percent. Non-resident, there were 424 put in for desert sheep. In 17, and in 2018, there was 1,772, up 318%. Good God. Then you look at bighorn sheep. Resident was 14,011 in 2017, 26,859 in 2018. Um, so these are just small examples. And here's a big example for goat. You know, uh, for goat, there was um, – uh, for residents, there was 10,144 in 2017, 22,357 in 2018. Now, non-resident, this is blow your socks off, there was 1,951 in 2017, 11,054, up 467%. So you're getting people out there just like that never – were loyal, never were people that were in, in interested in these animals. Now they're saying, for $3, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those people are probably going to turn the tag in once they see the country these animals live in. Yeah. Um, so if they want to be, it's easy for them to figure out who is loyal. Go back to the 2017 numbers. Those yeah. are the guys that's been putting in forever and spending the hundred to $200 a license, getting it back a month later if they didn't draw. I mean, it's not that, it's not the end of the world. But it was costing the DOW $3 million to do that. So what I am pr proposed to them, and I think a solution, is to make our weighted points mean something. Um, they don't. As if, if anybody picks the unit they choose for moose, sheep, or goat, and they go in there to the stats and see who drew the tags and how many weighted points they drew, uh, it's probably less than what they had. Yeah, and there's I think there's a falsehood with that because uh, every year, I'm sure you deal with it, people will come to me, I have this many points, mm -hmm. what units should I put in for? They will uh, look at the different units and they'll say, well, I should draw this and I have 18 weighted points. And then they don't draw it and you find a guy that drew it with four. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes no sense to me. That means you waited 18 years for, for nothing, really. I mean, you know, the, you, there's no, I hate to say fairness, but there's no real fairness about it. You're waiting for no reason. And I, I agree with what you're saying 100% that, you know, if you've waited that long, you should be guaranteed to draw. You should have a really good idea that you're going to draw a tag in 2000. You know, twenty. So you know. So what's what's the explanation for that point system anyway? Because it's different for deer and elk and it's all an that stuff, right? Algorithm that they anyway. yeah. It was something to appease the public. It was a, a fictional number, a fictional thing that they did, almost as bad as the hybrid tag. You know, it's just not something that's going to happen. Um, it was a quick fix, and and a lot of hunters are doing just like what Aaron said. They're thinking they got eighteen. They don't. They have nothing. They have a three plus nothing because. Uh, a good friend of mine just drew a sheep tag, and his son drew a moose tag with three plus zero. It's the same unit I put in for. I had three plus 18. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's I, I, just I, struck I, a nerve right there. And, and so congratulations. <laughs> then you start looking in the different numbers, I put, uh, different moose units I put in for, and you see the people that draw, which is usually only three to five tags or a lot of for the whole unit. I've never have had anybody even have within 15 points of how many points I have. So they mean nothing. So what I'm proposing to them is they have them mean something. So for the loyal people out there that have been putting in with max points, have there be a max point pool to where 30 to 50% of the hunters that have max points are put into a different category to where they will have a chance to draw 
you probably draw it within two years so what's being the, in that pool. What's the reason why they don't just have your points not be weighted and just have that be? That's you know, that's my goal to have them all be preference points. Yeah, so exactly. right now I got eighteen uh, weighted points, which is max for 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 moose, and then I got three, so I got a total of twenty one points. So if I got to be put in a max point pool and it's, say, 50% of the tags, so most of the moose units, we'll use moose for an example, have three to five, maybe six tags in the unit. So that means a couple of those tags are going to go to the max point holders. Well, there's a lot of max point holders. So they're not going to be guaranteed a tag, but they're guaranteed that position of being a high, high point pool. If they don't draw there, they get a second chance. They get recycled back into the public draw for the other remaining tags. So they get two hits. They get one to be a max point holder, and they get the second one, if they didn't get draw, to be put back in for the remaining tags. So they get two where your kid or your brother or whatever, they might not have max points. They're still going after just the three tags, but they still got a chance. And the advantage of this is every year you put in, you've got a chance. There's people that draw with just one point, but you have a chance, and then you have a chance at 18 points. But I at least got 18 chances where they got one. And how this will work is the computer will give you a random number between, if there are five tags available in a unit, it will go in there. You're looking for a number between one and five. I got 18 tags. I'm 18 preference points. So I get 18 opportunities for that computer to spit me out a number between one and five. You only have one preference point, but you get one chance. At least it keeps you motivated. This is right now, I don't know how the three-point thing ever happened because you're for, for three years, you're putting in for absolutely nothing. It didn't even start until your fourth year. It, it never made sense to me. And I, I, I thought at first maybe it was a monetary reason, but it wasn't. It wasn't, it didn't no. make, and, and so then I'm kind of wrapping my head around, okay, well, then you're, it's, a, it's, your, it's, your, it's your toll. It's your to pay the, the toll to, to have a chance after three. But then I learned those points don't mean anything either. So Mm-mm. it didn't make any sense. No, it's uh, a pure lottery system. It's just putting your name in a hat. Yeah, and, and, and this is coming from obviously out of state to in state and mm-hmm. learning how the draw works. So me being a guy where I'm trying to like scratch my head and figure why the hell I got to wait three years to draw. Now, there is a freak chance if somehow a unit did not have its total applicants of people with three weighted points, they will pull somebody with less than you know, did not isn't meeting the minimum of three, but that never happened. So it's that's a moot point. But it just never made sense to me why those three points were there. That three year penalty when after that you went back to zero anyway. I mean, you yeah, went, essentially, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, putting in, and I haven't, I don't put in for as many um, uh, states as you do, but the same thing. Like I, Idaho has a little bit different system where they have a super tag, but everybody's even. Right. Um, you know what I mean? You're right. going into right. a green. Well, you, you run into, let's say for elk and mule deer, especially um, uh, on the higher two, 201, 10, um, some of the higher mule deer units, 44, um, the uh, the point creep is, I mean, you may never catch it, mm-hmm. right? Like, And that's another thing where you can't just zero everybody's preference points out because of how many people you'll have pissed off. But a remedy for uh, point creep and and, and in a way to start shit canning some of the preference point system and re, um, I guess remanaging it would not be a, a horrible thing on the mule deer and elk either. Yeah, and I'll, I'll read this real quick as quick as I can. My wife helped me out with this, and this is what you know I personally feel would work real well. And it's an adopting kind of a the best out of Nevada, the best out of Arizona, the best out of the different states that I put in for that I feel Colorado could be the model state of having the best point out there. And it really 99% models Arizona. I've gone to the Mule Deer Foundation and talked to their reps. I've talked to the Elk Foundation and talked to their reps, the Desert Sheep Foundation in Arizona, even all the way down to the quail guys. Nobody bitches about the preference point systems and how they work in Arizona. And nobody does nothing but bitch about all the other states. So Arizona's got it nipped in the butt. And this is kind of what it goes. And how I started out with this and the letter I sent to the DOW and what we've been talking about. And uh, I got to mention also a guy named Steve Hildy with the Colorado Bowhunters Association. I'm not a fan of Colorado Bowhunters Association. He knows that. He's a big guy with Colorado Bowhunters Association, but he's a very aggressive guy. He plays a neutral party. And he wants what's best. And I'm, uh, I trust him with everything. I'm trusting him with all my literature I'm coming up with to bring it to the DOW meeting. I can't got, do, go to because I'll be in Alaska guiding for doll sheep. 
and that meeting's the 10th is August. I also got uh, – I was going to be trying to be a rep at the roundtable, Sportsman's Roundtable. They're having that election August 1st, um, and so I can't do that one either. So he's, he's going to be my voice while I'm gone, but I'm going to read this real quick. So the subject, you know, is Colorado needs to get aggressive – with averaging preference points into group applications. This would be a way for hunters to start burning their points and stop banking them. Additionally, it would give youth the first time hunter and first time hunters a chance to hunt quality hunts and a great hunting experience for the first time and spark the, the and entice them to continue hunting, which we all know the average age of Colorado guy, a hunter is over 45 years old in Colorado. There's a big problem there. The example, Grandpa has 30 points, dad has 20 points, daughter has zero points. In this situation, they would never be able to hunt together in a quality unit because everyone in the group would be brought down to the lowest preference points. Zero. That's the way Colorado has it. They must be prejudiced against youth, the way it looks. In this example, everyone would be brought down to zero. An average of points would be 16.7, rounded up to 17. Now the group has has an opportunity to hunt some of the most quality units in the state. The daughter youth now has a great hunting experience with three generations of family. And there are two hunters that no longer have 20 plus points. So you're accomplishing everything in that statement. And then, and how it, how it works is unit A has 10 tags. This is just an example and requires a minimum of 20 points to draw. First chance, 30% of the tags are reserved for maximum point holders. In this case, three tags, because there's only five, there's 10 tags available, so 30%. Second chance, the maximum point holders that draw, that don't draw, and those that didn't have maximum points are given a, a chance for seven remaining tags. So they get two chances. I mean, they're, how, well, how could they not? They've been putting in for 20 years, so why not reward them a little bit? The computer will give them a, a hunt number between for number for every preference point they have. In this case, you would be wanting a computer generated random number between one and seven. The maximum point holders have a second chance to draw by having 20 chances to draw a number between one and seven. And a first-time hunter has one chance. A hunter with 10 points has 10 chances. Bottom line, everyone has a chance no matter how many points they hold. So that's kind of what the whole averaging system is and and how the preference points and max point holders would work. Lastly, and this is just one paragraph here, in 2018, Colorado implemented only having to pay $3 per species to apply for a tag and a preference point. This has led to an overwhelming amount of people putting for tags they never did in the past. It only affects the sheep, goat, and moose tags. The system now is going to be so diluted with people having three points to be eligible to draw in four years, this will include the hunters that have been putting in for years that have both three points, eligible points, and many weighted points. This totally destroys the opportunity of hunters that have been putting in under the old system because they now are outnumbered. They will never draw. The percentage increase is only going to get worse than ever before. And just the, then I got the chart here. So just so people, because... Um it's actually kind of cool as far as burning points. And this isn't just with the big three or four for, say, let's give it elk, for example. Right. Um, let's say, Harold, you've got a buddy from, from back east, and he wants to come out, and he's been putting in for 18 years. And you are going to Alaska, but that guy wants to get a good hunt, and he doesn't want to pay a guide. You could actually say, hey, why don't you put in with my buddy Aaron? Aaron can help you out and you guys can split your points. So now he's got nine and I've got nine basically, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of other, other states do that, which is pretty cool because you can have two ding-dongs like let's say Frank and I and one dude that's been saving his points forever. They're split three ways, but it gets that guy back to zero to where everybody like the point creep. The more, gives, the more playing field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it starts getting – I mean, I don't know how many guys I know with 18 mule deer points, but I, I think seven with 18 mule mm -hmm. deer points. Okay, would they rather hunt one hunt, let's say, where they're by themselves because the chance of them drawing with a buddy are pretty slim for an 18-point unit, which is 44 and what's a couple other – I don't pay attention to that rifle mule deer hunts, but the rut hunts. Mm -hmm. I think 44 is an 18-point unit. Maybe two guys do a high country buck hunt in archery season with a gun. 
they put in now, that guy doesn't have 18 points, it's 9 and 9, but it gets him to zero and gets people to start getting rid of their points. That's kind of what you're proposing there, basically. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. uh, right now, using the word 18 is a good example because in two, three years from now, there will be no 18s. Yeah. It'll all be down <laughs> to half that. Yeah. After that happens, are you saying that you want it to go to a straight up lottery or just keep it that way? No, keep it that way. Keep, uh, keep the, the, the averaging the points. I mean, uh, every state d- does it. I mean, it's a uh, you also can will your points. So let's say grandpa's been putting for 30 years, 40 years, has all the points in the world, but now he's too old to go hunting. Well, like if you were in Arizona and places that charge for preference points, like right now, you know, the amount of points, I mean, you could have three, $4,000 worth of preference points. Why would the DOW just be able to absorb that and keep it and you not be able to do a dang thing with it? So Arizona also allows them to donate their point to their grandkid. I like it because I know it would be guys that may have had points stock, but this is very, very selfish of me. Uh-huh. But you get a guy that stockpiled points and has no idea how to hunt. He's just putting, putting in. You and I are rewarded because he has been putting in for a long time. We get to steal some of his points, but he also gets to go with a seasoned hunter and probably kill a bigger animal, potentially learn more and not pay for a guide because he's hunting with a buddy that has more points. I I like it, but I've also a guy like in Wyoming, they do that to Mm -hmm. where, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to go on a Wyoming elk hunt next year and I have one point, but my buddy has 12. I'm going to get to go on a good hunt. We get to hang out together and it gets rid of his points. It goes back to zero and right. starts over. So then you never have that system. I mean, Colorado, I think uh, the the high, the, what this um, uh, Corey Chick told me was the highest guy in Colorado has 32 preference points. Good Lord. But guess what he put in for this year? He put in for another preference point. So there's nowhere <laughs> in the state he can't draw, but he put, so he's banking those points. There's people that are doing that, that uh, go through the protocol and all they're going to do is bank points and never go hunting. I'm not talking about those people. Those people, I don't know what they're doing. I don't, I don't know why, but I also know guys that are hunting just your typical over-the-counter units, which we all know are just polluted with hunters. If you do see a deer and elk, he's got his tongue hanging out to his ankles. Running. He's been running from one canyon to the next. So what kind of hunt is that? Um, the old cliche, if you get a mile off the road, you're never going to see a person. That went away, uh, thanks to Kafaro and their, and their backpacks, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. In this fucking podcast. Going in the backcountry is great. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, it's, it's going to make everything uh, – I forgot where I was at with that. Um, less crowding. Yeah, less, less crowded, exactly. So um, if you have – if I have 26 – well, I had 26 preference points, drew a unit last year that took four. Yeah. <laughs> But it was an opportunity from a client that I got a doll sheep hunt and I had a ranch. And that's it, it was the first time I've ever hunted private property in my life. It was the best hunt I've ever had. I don't know if I can go back to public land now. Now I know what the real world's like. <laughs> but to, to, have, to have everybody have that opportunity um, is, I think, a grand opportunity. It sounds kind of corny, but everybody needs an opportunity. And in Colorado, it's, everything is turned into a once in a lifetime hunt. Yeah. The, the point creep is just out of control. The Division of Wildlife makes decisions all the time, but I just don't think they're making the right decisions. And when I say DOW, I don't mean to say DOW. There are some people over there in the right places wanting to do the right thing, but because of the commission, uh, nothing gets passed. It just it gets bottlenecked there and nobody's going to spit anything out. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And again, Colorado is good for somebody that wants to come out and go hunting because there is a lot of over-the-counter tags, but their experience may not be what they are thinking it will be once they get here because there is a lot of there's a lot of hunters i mean there's just a lot of of people and i and i just to make sure people understand what you were saying earlier a lot of the people that were normally hunting over the counter tags if you start splitting points up or 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 sharing points that will get a lot of people out of those over the counter units hunting draw units um because they're able to share points with their buddies and draw tag they normally probably wouldn't or couldn't because they don't have any points. Yeah, less uh, pressure no matter where you're at means better hunting. Yeah, no, for for sure. And I um again and I you know I've been talking not as much with you but with a few different department of wildlife or, or game wardens about some of this stuff. Um, one specifically um you know uh, kind of running the things by and and you can tell I mean I don't know if you've got that I'm not going to mention his name but you could tell he was kind of at a loss the other day of not a loss but he's like 
there's nothing we can do on some of this. Like some of us, our, our hands are tied, specifically him, right? With, mm-hmm. with what he, you know, he's, his job is to uphold the law. Um, and then like with this, the, the $3 um, application fee, uh, you know, you could see he didn't outright say it, but you could see he was thinking, yeah, it's going to be a shit show in three years. Like it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. Not to put words in his mouth, but, um, you know, I think that listening to seasoned hunters, one and two, looking at other states have been successful at what they have done with their programs is a good idea. And the point sharing thing, I never understood for the life of me why Colorado does not allow uh, people to share their points. And to get some of these numbers down, because I don't know how many people, um, well, I keep bringing up 18, Mm -hmm. but there was like seven guys one year, I think it was seven, that were wanting to put in for a unit 44 rut hunt with rifle with 18 points. And they... They didn't even all draw it, right? They didn't, they, and and then they went out there. Um, I, have you ever hunted forty four? Yeah, I have. It, I helped a guy a couple years ago. It's weird. It is. Mm-hmm. It's not what I expected. There was a lot of houses. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a lot of. You know what I mean? You're hunting them down pretty low. And I was. I asked one of the guys that hunted it, and he was, man, if I had to do it again, I would have drawn an eight or nine point high country buck hunt. I would have went and hunted them in the high country during archery. But then he's, he felt obligated to not do that because he had nine extra points he didn't need. Um, you know, he had 18 right. points total. And he's like, well, shit, I wasted nine years of my life putting in for these points. Well, how cool would it be if he could share those with somebody else and two guys have a chance to go in and hunt it? So Yeah, and it makes you more incentive. Gives, it gives you a reason to uh, – um, a lot of people, they got the amount of points that they're trying to catch up. So dad, he has points, and now I, I'm, not, I'm not old enough to go hunting. This is another thing I think I talked to DOW. I'm not thinking. I talked to DOW about as far as kids. You should you should reward kids as soon as they get their as soon as they get their hunter safety card. Let's say they get it at eight years old. They're not eligible to hunt big game until twelve years old, which is also stupid because I my daughter she go out and shoot a coyote with her two forty three when she was eight years old. She just can't shoot a deer with her when yeah. she's when she's eight years old. <laughs> so. But the law is the law. So let's say that she got a preference. She got a preference point when she was eight years old and got rewarded for it. getting a little kid in there, get getting them into the outdoors, doing that kind of thing, and reward them with a preference point. They can't go hunting, but they get a point now. Nine years old, so they'll have she'll have four preference points by the time she's twelve, and that gets them a good sniff at a halfway decent unit, at least a draw unit to where it doesn't look like a pumpkin field when she wakes up in the morning to go hunting. Yeah. Um, so it, it this gives some kind of incentives to get the parents to bring their kids in to try to get them into a uh, an environment where uh, to get that hunter safety card and and the reward is man the sooner I get my kid in there the more preference points he's going to have when he goes out there to draw uh, when he's old enough to hunt so that's another incentive program they can do and then the other thing of course is averaging points you know if I have enough the more to have my eighteen points and we're stuck on that eighteen number now it's in my head. And my daughter have none, and all of a sudden she's 12 years old, and now we both have nine. Yeah. It's a good hunt. You're going to have a good and, hunt. And a good hunt. Yeah. And so that gets into her bloodstream like, oh, man, I got to go camping with dad. We backpacked in, and we saw these great bucks. We've been glassing them for a scouting trip. We glassed them a month before season. We knew which ones we were going to shoot, da, 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 da. How much more can you get into that blood system of that kid? Or even a first-time hunter doesn't have to be a kid than to give them a good opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And I don't think um, – I mean, people in over-the-counter units kill elk every year, but the amount of pressure is is pretty phenomenal, and not in a phenomenal in a good way. It is astounding how much pressure uh, over-the-counter units get in Colorado because you'll see somebody you'll see in one unit on a hike in uh, seven different states, eight different states at a trailhead. Uh, you know, vehicles, right? Um, you know, and and. They did get to hunt, but that hunt, they may not even seen an elk, right? I mean, that what kind of hunt is that, you know? So, yeah. My point exactly, less pressure means better hunting. And if you get more people absorbed out of the general into the draw uh, because they got pulled in with dad, they got pulled in with a good buddy, now they're not going to have to hunt public land that year. Uh, it's, it's, it's a domino effect of in the right direction. Yeah. There's no wrong to it. Yeah. I mean, let's say... You know, for example, um, I don't know, we know a unit in the northwest corner or I don't whatever, and we've got a buddy that's got 14 points and Frank and I have two each. Um, so that's 18 points uh, total. Well, 
we can kind of reassess, look at another unit that's, let's say, you know, takes three points to draw. Now we're, we're pretty much guaranteed to hunt that unit. If mm-hmm. we, and, and let's say Frank and I know that unit really well. So that guy may have had a better chance going in blind to a 12, 13, 14 point unit, um, uh, meaning to and harvest an animal. But since Frank and I are really familiar with this three point unit, the guy's got actually an even better chance. And the the numbers are gone now. Those His points are going away. And these are just examples of why I think it's really beneficial. Because um, even if a guy, especially somebody green, has 12, 14 points and he goes in there green has never hunted him before, it doesn't mean he's actually he'll, – he'll probably get into a lot of animals, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have somebody to help him. So, so that's, that's a very good example you just brought up. So you might have somebody that – you, you, would, you would think would pull you up to how this would only work. It was just like you, you want to put him in somebody that has a lot of points because you're putting in for a unit that takes a lot of points. Well, what Aaron just said makes a lot of sense. You could have just know because of the research you've done on a unit and this three-point unit, you know where the animals are, you've scouted it out. Now you're taking your buddy that has 13, 14 points, bringing him down to your level, but still the advantage of the DOW and all hunters out there, you've just taken a guy that had 13, 14 points off the books back down to zero. Yeah, and that guy's going to go on a hunt with two dudes that know that unit mm-hmm. really well, and he's going to have a great chance of success. Even though it's not a super high point unit, it's a unit that um, you know other people are very familiar with, so he's still going to have a good time and have a good chance of success. I mean, the whole thing about that scenario right there, that would work even as the system works right now because it goes to the lowest point holder. So he, could, he would go in with 18, he'd be forced to be down to three, which you'd draw the unit anyways. So well, that's, if, that's how it works right now. It, well, I mean, if let's say Frank and I didn't have any. Oh, and if you didn't have any, yeah, yeah then that Frank, would work. Yeah, and I, it's probably because I said my math incorrectly, but Frank and I didn't have any, we would still draw. Oh, okay, yeah, um, you said three before, and that's that, that would have been. And, and I should have said six. I, I, I'm not very yeah. smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you get my idea where oh, yeah. we would still, we would draw that unit. And, and kind of what I was getting at is when you do a blueprint of the, all the different units, you can see, okay, this unit takes six, this unit takes three, this one, and you could average it, say, okay, our highest, our best chances are this unit, and we're most familiar with this, and this takes five. We can draw that this year for sure, rather than leave that guy putting in for unit 201 one more time and, and ha- not having a great chance of drawing it. Yeah, and what, a lot of people out there, if you're trying to figure out the math, how averaging works, it's just, uh, say there's 30, there's a uh, um, there's five tags available, and uh, Grandpa has 30 points, like a mother example. My dad uh, has 20. I have zero. Okay, that t- uh, 20, what did I say now? 20 and 30? That's, yeah. That, that's, oh, that's 50. So you divide 50 points by the amount of applicants. So if there's four applicants or there's three, if there's three applicants, it would be 25 each. Um, if it was uh, five applicants, because I think the max in Colorado is they have five applicants on one hunt I think number. one party hunt you're right I think is, it's five. is five so you would divide the amount the total amount by the amount of of applicants so if it's 10 you divide it by five everybody would end up with if you average up everybody would end up with two points mm-hmm. and there could only be one person there with two 10 points and everybody else have zero but they all have two right and that's how you you average it up so and 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 it's not foreign material. Anybody's out there that's put in for other states, they already know this because that state already does it. Colorado's just the only one that does it. Yeah. No, for yeah, they don't. So what was the response from the the DOW? Or have you gotten a response? Well, right yet? now the, the biggest thing is to get everything. That's why my wife's helped me type this stuff up. I'm gonna give it to uh, Corey Chick and um, and to um, Steve Hildy and they're gonna present this kind of stuff to uh, the preference point like emergency meeting they have on August 10th about this whole how, deal. How bad was the blowback, did they say? Uh, no, that had been very receptive. Oh, as far as people calling in? Yeah. Um, it, the, the guy that could – they got a certain amount of people saying, yeah, I never could have put in before, but now that you got three points out, it only cost me $3, now I can put in. They, got, yeah. they do have a few of those, but they're outnumbered 100 to 1 to the people like – what have you just done to me? Yeah. So they're not. I don't. I didn't pay attention. You don't get charged at the actual um, cost for a preference point now. It's just three dollars. It's for just three dollars. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, and I mean, I, a, a good example when I put in this year, I usually, you know, you 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 budget 
X amount of dollars mm-hmm. for your tag. So you you budget, you know, and they're all different times a year. But and and I budget for moose, goat, and sheep. Uh, well, I will say it did put a smile on my face because nine fucking dollars, <laughs> right? But as I'm sending in the nine dollars, I'm thinking. Oh my Christ, what is this going to do? You know, and I'm just thinking offhanded, like maybe it won't be that bad. Well, it came out and I'm like, oh no, it was worse than I thought it could it was be. Worse like, than I thought it could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and I mean, well, you think about it. You're, you, you're going to dinner and your, your dinner is normally a, a dinner that you, you normally eat the cheaper meal because you're poor and yet that's 22 bucks between you and your wife. But all of a sudden, the high end meal that used to be 100 dollars is now $22 as well. There's not going to be enough food because the people did not prep that much food because poor people can normally can't afford it. It's just simple. Well, what'd you say? It went from 1100 to 11000 on that one? Uh, yeah, well, the one <laughs> that was here- the goat, right? Yeah, the goat went from- uh, yeah, well, the goat went from 10144 to 22357 for resident- and it went from 1951 to 11,054 for non-resident. That's a lot of poor man meals. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 467% it went up for non-resident. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, Lord. What well, is there anything else you guys were chit-chatting and discussing while you were down there? Um, you find anything else about like the bear stuff we were going over? Yeah, the the guy was talking uh, we've been playing phone tag and um but the bear thing again. It's uh, I'm not giving up on it. If anybody knows too much about me, is I I usually stay with it. It wasn't the DOW. We kind of blame a lot of stuff on the DOW, um, but they just they're just there to follow the law. Um, it was you know a lot of the tree lickers, the uneducated people out there, and a lot of uneducated hunters. The reason why we lost our spring bear season in the first place. It was because of hunters we lost our spring bear season. Because um, they were like, oh, we never hunt bear anyway, so I just hunt deer and elk. Yeah. And, and then they didn't realize, like what DOW did and got interviewed by NPR a couple of years ago or last year, was they're going to go up there and eradicate a bunch of black bear in the northwest corner of the state because the, the herd numbers are going down so bad. So they admitted on the air that they had to go do this. Well, if those hunters got to be – they just got mud in their faces like, holy shit. The DOW is now having to de- decrease de- deer tags. They're having to decrease elk tags. Because there's too many bear, and I voted not to have bear hunting yeah. because I'm a deer and elk hunter. Yeah. I mean, how? I mean, they're just very uneducated, or common sense well, seems to be a real thing that's not working very well in this country not very anymore. Common, yeah. No. One of the things that I was curious about, and I, I, I am sure the DOW, DOW will uh, listen to this and hopefully not be unhappy. Don't they have it in their power to increase the uh, actual tags during big game season? Um, yeah, they got in their power to to increase the quotas, which all of us in this room don't think there should be any quotas on bear at all, especially when they're shooting so many bears. Anyways. That's what I was getting at. So Frank and I are going to have, what, seven people in the office on the phone when the uh, bear – bear with uh you know with a over the with, counter with over caps. caps is is open so one of us will get through so frank and i can get bear tags why is that why do i have to have seven people in my office call to assure i get a bear tag when there should just be an unlimited amount maybe not in all units maybe not but frank you and i have already seen two bears with a very limited amount of time one looks like it just ate a fucking volkswagen i mean he's obviously eaten a lot but we've got to get on the horn to um you know, assure to try to get because there's a cap on it. That seems to me that that could be fixed um, and by they, the DOW. And they do have the power to do that. I mean, Mark Vieira is their predator guy uh, for you know for all predators, but mostly with the bear thing that uh, that put out the information that we got in the uh, in the last uh, podcast we did. And I don't have that paperwork with me now, but um, it showed how many bears were killed. Um, per calendar year and whatever. Well, all, most of those numbers were all fall because we have no spring. Um, and then there was the trouble bears, the ones being shot by law enforcement. There was the ones being shot by uh, county trappers. But it didn't show – there was no breakdown of what was killed and how it was killed. It was just a total. So you, there, the total is wrapped up in the fall bear season. What I want to get from, from Mark is how many of those were trouble bears. Yeah. How many of those were county uh, county trappers killed bears where they were contracted to go out there and get them? So I'd like to have those numbers to kind of 
like again, this ain't against the DOW. You're just upholding the law and, and the stuff that was put in. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't your battle. It was it was our battle, and we lost uh, because of this negligence and the and the common sense or lack of common sense with the hunters that voted against Bear. Uh, a good example, not to change the subject too bad, uh, but now we're on this, what the DBO, DOW can change. Back in the day when I was hunting with my dad, my grandpa, they could hunt mountain lion during deer and elk season. You can't do that now. Uh, we got way too many mountain lions. They're eradicating mountain lions all the time. I mean, we I made the comment that kind of got under the DOW skin uh, about how they fed the mountain lions up there in uh, in the Heyman burn um, uh, with all the bighorn sheep. The correction on that is they haven't taken a bighorn sheep out of Georgetown since 1992. Those rams came from Rampart somewhere. And uh, But the bottom line is the, the mountain lions are out of control. There should be no quotas, but they could they could make money by selling tags. I mean, maybe one out of a thousand hunters are going to actually see a mountain lion during deer and elk season. I mean, I, I'm in the woods as much, if not more, than most people that I know. And I've seen four in my lifetime. I, I just say you and I aren't that far apart in age three for me, uh, and that's in multiple states. And it's usually cow calling. They'll come in, and we'll get in a glass. And then a couple of times we've seen them through spotters. Yeah, and uh, so that's I mean that's my whole idea. But you could uh, I know a lot of guys. Most guys would buy a tag just on the chance to get a trophy of a lifetime. Not to mention how great they're at the dinner table. I mean those mountain lions are are awesome eating. Um, is to uh, but they'd sell a bunch of tags, so have a, but not with hounds. So deer, whether it's starting archery, deer and elk, go all the way through the fourth season of deer and elk rifle, have there be no different than the bear right now. I can go out there and buy a bear. That's what this now key this is what, what uh, Aaron was saying. He's going to have seven people to get on the phone to try to, so he can get that license in, but have a, have unlimited mountain lion tags. So bought during the deer and elk rifle season, archery season, black powder season. And if you want to put caps on them, just put them very high. Yeah. And have that not influence at all the numbers for the mountain lion only season that starts the end of November and goes through the end of April. Have those numbers being shot by deer and elk hunters, which is going to be so low anyways, because you just don't see them. Not because they're not there. I mean, I'll see enough mountain lion kills because I guide for deer and elk. I've guided my whole life and I'm in the woods snowshoe rabbit hunting after hunting seasons over with and stuff like that and to see the amount of devastation those mountain lions have as far as killing our wintering deer our wintering elk makes me want to puke yeah so it's not that they're not there you're just not seeing them so just give the DOW would sell mountain lion tags a few hunters are going to be able to kill a mountain lion a trophy of a lifetime and the, the ultimate goal is for every mountain lion killed you're probably saving three to four hundred deer and elk. Yeah, because they kill a mountain lion a week. I can say it's one and a half or something is what the average or yeah, whatever. Yeah, one and a half. So you figure how many weeks are in a, in a in a year, and you kill a mountain lion. That's how many deer you just save. That's probably more tags that are issued in the unit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're right. I would say one in a thousand is pretty normal. I mean, there's not very. I mean, you just don't. It doesn't happen very often, and it it generates money but i bet you one out of 50 or one out of 100 guys are going to buy a mountain lion tag that that that's 40 dollars to the dow yeah no for sure and that obviously the bear tags would increase as well if you um didn't have the the cap um All right and, and the thing is is it's also as far as just a sheer numbers game um the chances of people seeing a bear are slim, but if you buy, if you have a cat, if, if you only allow 50 bear tags or whatever for the unit, uh, you know, maybe one of those guys is going to see a bear. Um, you know, obviously you increase that and you, you, you allow 450, you know, then that's going to increase where more than one person is going to see a bear. But I would say where you and I are at this year, if we kill a, a mule deer or an elk, we're probably going to kill a bear if we hang out in there. You know, bear's going to come in and we're going to get a shot. Uh, but the chances of us getting a tag um, are probably less than us seeing the bear, um, yeah. which is crazy. Um, we have a better chance of shooting a bear than we do getting a fucking bear tag. That, that There's something wrong with that. Well, if you guys were just up there, I mean, I assume it was when you were, guy, when you were kind of scouting your deer hunting spot, I was helping a good friend of mine that drew a 41 sheep tag, which is over there by Breckenridge. Just went up there for a one day or to kind of get familiarized with the system. I saw two bears as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's between the three of us in this room. We saw four bears on being a weekend warrior. Yeah. Yeah. And that was literally bombing in, glass in yeah. a day, bombing yeah. back. So it's just the, the bear are there, and, but the tags aren't. Yeah. Um, and for How every, many piles of bear shit did we see? 
tons, dude. And we're talking like it's not like we're not in the same spot. No, yeah, everywhere we went, there was bear shit. And that's a plus plus too because if the DOW, if we if we can kill more bears during bear then during the deer and elk season, they allocate more and have it just be no such thing as quotas. I mean. You're just not that many people are going to get into them. They're just it's just it's gonna it's a mood point to have quotas. It's just something they're doing to maybe appease the Republic of Boulder. I don't know. It just it doesn't need to be, and I don't think they come up with the numbers to say you know what we got to do this. I, I just I just don't buy it by the amount of people that could actually do a fair chase, not baited hunt, a fair chase spot and stock bear hunt. It's just not it's not numbers you can even count. Yeah. Why yeah. would they even worry about it? Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I would shoot one over my deer carcass or my elk carcass, um, whatever's in the legal requirements. That doesn't count as, as baiting as long as you don't move it. But again, the chances of us having one run through camp from just the food smell mm-hmm. is pretty decent. I mean, there's a chance. Well, the amount of bears that are out there is dang decent. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I would feel much better if I'm sleeping there with the uh, the old re, you know recurve and wake up in the morning and here comes a bear that I have a tag, you know I'm I'm um, I'm, I'm I'm worried about conservation, so I'm going to shoot it to help <laughs> to help increase the elk and deer numbers, and they will make money off of that if I could you know legally buy a tag. So I, I think that's one thing that was another thing that always popped in my mind is uh, a, a WTF uh, of why there are caps in some of these units when there's especially a place like Maroon Bells. Why is there caps in the maroon bells, um, you know, or whatever? Because there's just so – there's an abundance of, of bears down there. Weren't so. you – back, I don't know, probably back in the 90s or so, you could just go and buy a tag over the counter, no caps, right? Isn't that how it used to be for, like, rifle season? Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I think I remember when I was a kid, my dad would always – we'd get elk and deer tags, then he'd buy a one bear tag. Just, yeah, just because. And you could also get a mountain lion tag. Yeah. I mean, it, it, just, it just came with it. It was just – it was just it, – it, it just came with it. So it would be a plus plus plus. You would you would help bring up the numbers for deer and elk, which if the biologists were doing their job or could do their job, then that would say, you know what, we can allocate more tags. If you allocate more tags and you get more hunters cycled through, so it doesn't take as many preference points to draw those tags. So it's a win 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 to control these predators. Right. The DOW, I think a lot of these guys, their hands are tied because of the commission. The commission is going to go to the path of least resistance and. Um, and uh, th- which means to me, we got to yell a little louder. We need to start fighting emotion with emotion. Forget about all the data that the biologists come up with, because that don't mean jack shit when it comes to uh, these commission meetings. It's just uh, who can yell the loudest and just have fictional numbers. The difference between my emotion and their emotion is my emotions backed up by science. Theirs is just by the seat of their pants. No, it's it's uh, it's true. Who did we ran into a hiker? Back there, and I think she worked for an anti-hunting, uh, non-profit anti-hunting, because she wouldn't tell us who she worked for. Mm-hmm. She was very, wouldn't you say that's odd? She's very secretive. Um, but you, you figure if there's, you know, multiple different non-profit anti-hunting organizations, um, and then there's multiple non-profit hunting organizations, why do we get our ass kicked so bad when things go, you know, like when things go in front of legislation? It's like spring bear. Well, obviously, they're putting in harder work. They're putting, you know, for whatever reason, they get the big billboards with the poor cubs and all that. You know what I mean? They get a lot of that stuff. And this is one thing I talked to a few game wardens about is, hey, we have some big names on our side in hunting. Now, Rogan is a good example. Uh, Joe Rogan, he's got a huge following. And if we come back at it with science, like you say, with um, with data and, you know, with a, with context, with, with, okay, hey, do you know that a boar, black bear, or grizzly eats its cubs so it can breed again. How many non and anti hunters do you think even know that? I would say less than one percent. No, I saw I saw a sign that they were trying to build for Billy Ray, for Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter, uh, Mariah Cyrus, whatever her name is. It yeah, stopped. She it. She fucked up the grizzly hunting in BC. Yeah, so BC <laughs> she stopped the grizzly bear hunting in BC because she's got a following. Not and the BC government, their literature shows. So the flat says we know we need to control our grizzly bears, but due to popular anti-popular beliefs, we're not going to do that. So they're coming trying to come up with a billboard with a cow moose looking over her shoulder as a grizzly bear is pulling the calf out of her ass um, to say, and the little caption saying, "Thank you, Cyrus." Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a good one. But that billboard would never make it. The only billboard that's going to make it is this cute little uh, sow uh, out there, breasting just like a woman would, you know, with two 
with two little ones sucking on her nipples saying, you know, this is, uh, you know, if there's a hunting season, these two are going to be orphans or whatever. That makes the billboard. Yeah. That our, our commercial would never happen. Yeah. The truth would never happen. The same with the Colorado when we lost our spring bear season. It's illegal to shoot sow with cubs. It's illegal to do it. Yeah. But they yeah. never told the public that. They yeah. never told. I mean, we couldn't get that out there. Like, hey, there's already a law out there. You don't do it. Well, or even like uh, with mountain lions, uh, a deer, a deer and a half a week. You know, mm-hmm. the, these are things that I find like interesting with Amy when we talk with her. Like, she didn't know any of this shit. Uh, my, my wife, uh-huh. she, she, she just didn't know. And right. so, I, you know, I would be like, well, you know, those cute little fuzzy fuckers eat those other cute little fuzzy fuckers you like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they eat them all the time. She, really? How many? Eat? And I'm like, I, I, and, and if you've ever seen a cat eat a mule deer, it is fucking violent. I mean, mm-hmm. it is wicked. And uh, and I've only seen it happen twice. I, I don't, you don't get to see that very often. I've only seen it happen twice. Well, I say, I've only seen it happen once with my own eyes. And I also saw a coyote eat a fawn. That's another, because they're not a dominant predator like... It's pretty freaking gruesome and dragging on its throat as the mm. deer's running away, tripping up on it. And yeah. I was like, good Lord. And those are the kind of things that as violent as that is, it's important for, for antis to understand that, which I, I just don't think they do. No, and they're not. They, they, they just they put a blind ear to it and they're just like, you know, I don't want to hear it. It's out of sight, out of mind. If it's, if it's under cellophane, it's fine. I'll eat it at the store, but you shouldn't be killed. So... I know we've been going on here pretty quick, but here's a couple hot points I'm still working on. Uh, you know, the big thing is to change the preference point system. Um, one of the things I did get into and kind of to follow up on the last podcast is the, the archery season for bighorn sheep in Colorado being 11 days shorter than the rifle season in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The only information I got back from, and this was from a DOW officer, was, well, they don't want to overlap um, archery bighorn sheep with archery deer and elk. They don't want to overlap those two seasons. They'd much rather overlap rifle with archery deer and elk. That doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. <laughs> and or and the other one is they want a certain amount of days before or after Labor Day. It's just kind of something they've written in their bylaws and that's just the way it was. And I'm like, okay, but if you read it in there, then you need to write something else to rectify it. But the last people that needs less days in the field are bow hunters. And believe me, if I was a deer at elk hunter, I'd much rather have, if I'm in a unit that actually has sheep in it and I'm hunting deer and elk, I'd much rather be competing with a bow hunter hunting sheep doesn't than make, a rifle hunter hunting doesn't sheep. Make, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's just insane, the the logic they come up with that one. So I'm, I'm really Somebody trying to- actually f- straight face told you that shit? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's we need to, <laughs> we need to have- at least the same amount of days as rifle hunters. I mean, bow hunters need more time. Anyways. Here's how we're affected. There is fall bear hunting going on during, uh, fall bear hunting rifle going on during archery season. Mm-hmm. There are high altitude buck going on during archery season with rifle. There are wildlife for ranching rifle season going on during rifle, during archery season. There's fall turkey going on. So we, and, and black powder going on during archery season. So we are getting hit by about seven, eight sides with big booms going on in the air. And we're out there trying to bow hunt where nobody's doing that to the rifle hunters. Yeah. No, they're not. Uh, so, I mean, I, I mean, here's, here's what I did with a rifle hunter one time is I'm out there bow hunting. He's running his AR-15 in National Forest, just blowing the shit out of everything. Then he's throwing clay pigeons and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I am I can't get up the mountain quick enough to want to really to mess him. this guy up. <laughs> so I get up there, and I, I just kind of caught off guard. He's with his family and whatnot. And I'm like, I don't want to do this in front of his kids. So I, I, I went back to an open hand. And then <laughs> I'm like, what, what the hell are you doing? He's still all happy like he hasn't done nothing. And he said, oh, you do have any luck? I go, Maybe I would have if you would have yeah. been up here shooting. I go, are you a hunter yourself? And he's like, yeah. In fact, I'm going to be hunting deer and elk right here. I mean, this is where we're going to be camping, where we're camping now. And just, I'm like, what season are you hunting? Oh, we got first season, so we should be good up here for the bugling. I go, okay. Well, I'm going to be up here too. Well, you can't hunt both archery and rifle, can you? I go, no. No, I'm going to be up here fucking shooting clay pigeons. <laughs> and I'm going to be sighting in my rifle and I'm going to be shooting my AR-15 while you're trying to hunt elk. And he's like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, I totally get it, man, dude, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. I, I just didn't think that one through. I'm like, it's, that's 
kind of what that's what I only remember as example I brought that up in is that's what bow hunters are dealing with. They will not give us our own season. There, there's a few areas in in South Park for uh, for antelope that that guys just seem to uh, sight their rifles in long range. I, I mean, this got to a point where um, I've taken you in there where I, I about got shot on an antelope hunt. And uh, when I say about got shot, this isn't like the bullet was like 400 yards away, like the motherfucker went off right in front of me. And uh, so I went back down on the drainage, circled around, came up to the guy. And, and I mean, legitimately, they were thinking they were in the right, sighting their, their guns in. Well, it's right where the fucking antelope live. And it's like, you know, and I said, hey, dude, I'm, tr- I'm trying to hunt antelope here. One, you know, I'm, you almost shot me, which they did have a good solid back wall. So in their mind, it's it's legal, right? Mm-hmm. They have a, All right. And I'm like, um, well, what they had done is there was a target already out there. These antelope were actually where that target was. So they just pulled the truck up and <laughs> well, I happened to be stalking these antelope. And so I don't think people, I mean, reverse that and go into rifle season. If you started firing off rounds during rifle season by a guy with a rifle, you'd probably end up in fucking jail. Like, yeah. it's totally different. But with a bow, it's like, well, I'm just sighting in my gun. So there is a lot more there's a lot more adverse effects during bow season with the, the gun thing. So another thing I'm pleading for with the DOW is to give us just a bow season, even just a week. Um, just give us to where it's not a high-altitude buck hunting hunt going on. It's not black powder going on. It's not fall turkey going on. It's not fall black bear going on. It's just give us some time that we can hear ourselves think. Um, and uh, and I think that'd be easy to do by just giving us a season that goes to the end of September every year. This whole thing, like this year, the closest September 23rd. Next year is going to be a banner year because it won't cl- it won't it'll it won't close till September twenty seventh. So, it's like, why not just go till the end of September like everybody else does? Give us thirty days, but clo- but black powder season will be closed. You can close the 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 fall turkey and give us that last week to ourselves, or you can even put black powder into the first week of October when that void time is between the first rifle and the end of archery. But uh, right now we're getting our toes stepped on big time by gun and rifle seasons going on during bow season yeah no it, it's it's a fact what um uh, just going back to some of the <laughs> what they said as far as the the overlapping that's something that is easily fixed um, <laughs> yeah so i would think yeah i mean they can change that from one year to the next, can't they? Or do they have to wait for the season dates that, what is it, the five-year plan? Well, th- th- this year, 2018, is the year they're starting their new five-year plan. Okay. So this is the perfect year. This is why I'm trying to make so much, not not noise, I'm just trying to give my concerns to the DOW, and I'm using some the, the podcasting to get going on it uh, is, a, is a huge, huge tool, and I appreciate Aaron and Kafar letting me do this. And... Um, and then talking to certain individuals down there that have been instrumental down to DOW. Janet George, she's uh, I consider her a good friend. She's always called me back. She's got me names of people and phone numbers of people to to contact and, and kind of help this cause because she's a hunter as well. But uh, the answers I get back from the numbers, the people she gives me is just, is disturbing on on how they even come up with them. I mean, when I they didn't come up with them. When they read me the bylaws, when they read to me what why it is the way it is, I'm like, how could that even be? How could this ever never been approached before? Yeah. How could this? How does it justify having rifle bighorn sheep overlap into archery deer and elk, but you don't want archery hunters to overlap in archery deer and elk? Yeah. I mean, how does that even come to play? It's, what'd she say about that? Um, it's she didn't say nothing to it. I, I mean, Janet. Um, she, I don't know if that was brought up. It was actually the game warden down in S9 is, uh, well, is, is who came up with this, who did the research and found out why the oh, diseases gotcha. are the way they are. Yeah. Not that he was for it or against it. That's just what he came back with me and said. Gotcha. Huh. So it, it, those are the kind of, I wouldn't say, when those things can get in there that make no sense, you, didn't, you wouldn't think it would be too hard to get things in there that make sense. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, we'll definitely, we'll see. And I mean... Like I, you know, with a lot of this stuff, when it comes to with the antis, at least it seems like we have a bigger grasp because of social media and podcasts and some of the people on our side now, like Steve Rinella, Meat Eater, has a huge, huge following. Rogan has a huge following to where we can use that, you know, because a lot of what I got back with this bear thing was 
give up. It's nothing's ever going to change. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you said that. Of course, it's never going to change if you just give up. And I'm like, but if we if we don't and at least try to make a, a heavy swing of the bat and see what we can do, that part's uh, I wouldn't say easy, but that's part's doable. Um, you know, we can handle or, or or we can push for that. But when it comes to some of these other things, it definitely throws a big question mark and, and, and kind of wants me to get some phone numbers out there for people to know exactly who to get a hold of and voice, that voice their opinion and find out why, uh, if that makes right. any sense. Like, I would like to to talk to the guy or, or let him get some feedback from hunters of who came up with archery can over lap archery, but, you know, gun can over lap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that didn't make any sense. No, and and to give them live more days in archery. I mean, it's not. I don't want to have feel like we got an Achilles heel and we need more time to hunt. But uh, in in the real world, if you're a bow hunter, you 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 need a little more time in the woods. Um, so why it would be the opposite and give it more time to rifle? And it's a great time of year. Rifle season starts. I mean, it's going on at the I think. Uh, the end of August versus September. So they're also up there in a great time of year. Um, so it's not like because if it's the weather that's going to be bogging them down, they need more days because it's not that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the case would be to give rifle more time in the woods for sheep hunting than bow. Yeah, no. I mean, Frank and I were talking about that on this uh, mule deer scouting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a deer we couldn't kill on the mule deer scouting trip with a gun. I mm-hmm. mean, even an average gun hunter. But me with a recurve, I'm, I'm going to have to think ahead, right? Even Frank with compound, he's going to have to It's going to put some work on it. Sheep aren't any different. Um, obviously, less numbers than mule deer. And, yeah, I mean, taking it away from a bow hunter, we need all the time we can get. Especially as how hard those tags are to get and how coveted of a tag that is to— uh, Especially now it's three fucking points to draw. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you're outnumbered by 400% to uh, to draw the tag unless the DOW does something about it. So they are addressing it. They're having this like a—I wouldn't say emergency meeting, but I'll use that word anyway, so I can't remember exactly what they called it, going on August 10th to address what they have just now done. Yeah. Um, and um, um, with the three, $3 thing, then they have the choices to go all the way up to, a, I think, $100 for a preference point. Not that they will do that. And a lot of people are going to be balking, well, I'm not going to pay $10 a year for preference points. And um, so I'm going to put in for – right now, if you put in for all seven species, it costs you $21. Yeah, which is crazy. Well, a lot of states are – that's a third of the price for just a preference point. Yeah, exactly. So why not charge $10 per species for a preference point? Yeah, you're not going to get that back. The DOW shouldn't have to refund you that if you're not successful. That's just their kitty for, uh, for application fees or whatever. But to make you actually want it. Rather than that, yeah, I'll put in if it don't cost me nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, truly, when I I had all that extra money when I put in and I was like, initially, I mean, truly, initially, I was like, oh, it's be way cheaper. And about three seconds later, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be bad. And, uh, and, it, and it has. So hopefully they do change it before, you know, the next three years or it is going to be. It's bad enough now. Yeah. It's we got three years to just do that before it just kicks us in the shorts. And I just think I just hope they turn our weighted points into preference points. Yeah. And average and and do the different things they can to give better opportunity. No, definitely. What else? Uh, well, you've got you're getting ready to to head up what next week. Right? Yeah, on Sunday, I head up to Alaska. I'll be guiding up there for uh, two months. So um, 90% of that's going to be for doll sheep and grizzly bear, but at the tail end of it, I'm doing a moose hunt. So, uh, yeah, I'm heading out the door pretty quick. So, yeah, I'm hugely disappointed. I'm not going to be part of the chance of being voted in. I think I had enough uh, people that were going to go down there with me that I would have had a seat there mm-hmm. and have some kind of a hunter, uh, a voice for hunters at the table. I'm not, it's August 1st, I'll be in Alaska. Um, and uh, I would like to have gone to this meeting on the 10th, but I'm not going to get to because I'll be in Alaska. So again, Steve Hildy is really going to uh, take my place there and, um, and, and give this literature to the, the people there and, and kind of throw it out there and, and um, at least it'll be heard. And I trust him that he will uh, be the voice for it. I don't want to, I say it, I'm, I'm, I'm not anti Colorado Bow Hunter Association. I just, uh, I just, I, I go back in time, and you can look at their minutes and things like that. They don't, they just don't do anything for hunting. I, I want them to do something for me as a hunter. Yeah, yeah. And if they do this, this is a really great start. I think they're, I know their numbers are down, 
And if, they, if, the, if the word gets out there that they're jumping into this thing both feet um, and, and trying to do things, then how could their numbers not go up? I'd support them if I knew they were supporting me. Yeah. No, that makes total, total sense. And I, we were at the CBA banquet this year. I think the, I bet the average age was 55 to 60. Yeah. You know, there's not much younger generation involved with the, with the CBA that, well, that I've seen. They had a guest speaker go up there. Okay. How many people are, you know, uh, been a member for, you know, or been a bow hunter for 20 plus years? The whole room raised their hand. How many of you have been, a, you know, a bow hunter for the last 10? Uh, two or three. How many of you are brand new bow hunters? None. None. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it just, it was like, holy cow, they need to get it out there. Uh, they need to uh, address getting into the schools again, setting up archery courses, making it a class that you can take an elective. I mean, have it not be such a black eye. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and I'd be more than willing to to help with it. But, uh, but well, we, yeah, man. We beat this to death. I know every time we want to uh, go talk about hunting, I mean, hunting's an awesome subject. You can get on some really funny stuff, some really intense stuff, some really cool stuff. And um, we always end up getting heated over this. Uh, one of these days, we'll just have to leave all our papers and our and just uh, talk hunting. Well, let's definitely do that at the end of the season because you've got everything you've got going on. And Frank and I have 10, we got a shitload of hunts, a lot of hunts uh, going on. High country, mule deer hunts, backpack hunts, backpack elk hunts in Montana, all kinds of different stuff. So at the end of the season, we'll have to circle back and shoot Absolutely. Because I get to hunt doll sheep again this year with my bow. I get to hunt... Uh, um, and I'll be hunting moose. Uh, so I'll have some, I'm not, I didn't have anything in the lower 48 except for a Kansas deer tag. Uh, cause I knew I was going to be in Alaska during the whole bow season, Yeah. but I do get to hunt some animals in Alaska. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely have to circle back to our, our hunting experiences. Definitely for sure. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun. Thanks Harold.